What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my one co-host, Vito Anazelli. How's it going, Steve? What's up? What's up, man? We have another great show for you guys today, but before we get started, please take a second, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you guys get your podcasts. Also, follow us on Twitter at the SLScreamers underscore pod. Before we get started, we're, on, we're continuing our mini-series today, the Hooligan Half Hour, and we're, where we interview Premier League fan bases on this side of the Atlantic. So without further ado, we want to welcome Jacob Holton of the Cincinnati Toffees. Hey guys, how's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for taking some time out of your day, Jacob, to, to uh, talk with us. Yeah, no problem. Anytime anyone asks me to talk about Everton, I could sit there and talk for hours and hours and hours. So <laughs> 30 minutes, I mean, you know. It was funny because we saw your pinned tweet on uh, on Twitter at the right at the top. It's from like 2019 about it. And it was like, wow, this kid, this guy's absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Just so you know how you start supporting Everton, describe the, you know, everything about that kind of stuff for the club. God, I loves telling this story. I love telling this story. I love t- talking about how I got into Everton football club because, you know, uh, the premier league usually in the United States, it's all about those top six clubs. It's always about Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester city, Arsenal, and Tottenham. It's always about those, those six clubs, you know? So when you find somebody who's like, ah, well, I support Everton. It's kind of interesting. So um, it goes back to 2014. I watched the world cup and you know how, the United States just got super into the world cup that season. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that was when we went out against Belgium and Tim Howard made like a million saves and was it 15 or something. I think 16. it was, it was secretary defense. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. they, they, and then they could have won that game, which is a, yeah. a, a huge bummer, but we don't got to talk about the one the last game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we blacked that out a long time ago in our minds. Yeah. Um, so I got done with that world cup and it was just like, wow, I need more soccer. Like that was, that was amazing. So I'm like, I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, so the premier league is readily available. And, um, I knew a guy who's a Manchester United supporter and I'm like, Hey, I kind of want to get into the premier league. And he's like, okay, cool. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to sit down you're going to watch a couple matches here and there. Um, I want you to go and I want you to look at every team who's in the premier league this year. This was a 14, 15 season. And he's like, I want you to like, just dive in, do some research. He's like, if you've got a PlayStation or something, buy FIFA, play FIFA a little bit. That's how Um, it happens. (laughs) And so I'm starting to do my research and I'm like, I don't really, I don't, I don't know anything. So I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at all these clubs and I'm watching clubs play. And the very first game I watched was Leicester City against Everton. And that was the uh, that was Leicester City's first game back in the Premier League after I don't know how long. And Everton played them. And it was a really good match. Um, and I was like, man, that was really cool. And I, I, I was watching for a couple of weeks. And then um, I, was, I was like, OK, I got it down to two. I was down to Arsenal and I was down to Everton. And I'm like, good choice, good choice. And I'm like... I'm like, I'm like weighing the, weighing the options. And I'm like, I, there was nothing that happened that was significant, but I'm like, man, you know what? I, I'm just going to, I'm going to go with Everton because it, it's just something about watching them. Mm-hmm. I, I think there was something about maybe Goodison Park and how that is and, and how much it's just kind of like a, a really tight pitch. And it's, it's really old and it's got that classic old school style. And, you know, back in those days, they're under Roberto Martinez, they were playing some really attractive football. So 
um, I just got, I got lucky and I got chosen and, uh, now I'm a supporter of the, the greatest football club in the entire world. And they have tortured my soul ever since. <laughs> that, that's really cool. And that's pretty refreshing to hear. I mean, most times you hear about people, you know, picking up a club to support. It's usually through a friend and they're like, Oh, I'm going to support the same team as them. Or you have family that supports someone. So you, you're like a rare case. You went out and you found a club that you loved and you're like, this is, this is who I want. And you had a, you had to pick up the letter there and went Everton. So that's uh, that's pretty refreshing. Yeah, did your boy like force man you on you at all, or he was kind of like open to kind of just uh... no? Um, so basically, it was like, don't be a Liverpool fan, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> you went the exact opposite of went Liverpool, the exact opposite. <laughs> um, no, he he was really cool about it, you know, he was he wasn't like pressuring me to be a Manchester United supporter, he was like, obviously, you know, I, I, I really I like Manchester United, so like, if you do that, that's really cool, we can, you know be cool over that but i'm like yeah so but it, it was um it was awesome it was a really fun experience and uh i i'm so happy with my choice not only just to be an everton supporter but just beating a premier league supporter because the premier league is so fun to watch every weekend yeah. in your time since you've been an everton supporter what's been some of your favorite memories of the club so um there have been a lot of bad times since I've been a supporter of Everton Football Club. So uh, before I came in, David Moyes had a really long run of being the manager. And then he went to Manchester United a couple of years before I came in. And they brought in Roberto Martinez from Wigan after he got relegated, but he won the FA Cup with Wigan. And then yeah, I- such a weird story that year. That was yeah, a great year. It was really strange. Um, and he was playing some really attractive football and they were doing some, some great things. Um, and then, and then they sack Roberto Martinez and then they go to, um, they go to Ronald Koeman. Yeah. Ronald Koeman. And then he was terrible. And then they go to Marcus Silva and he was terrible. And then they go to Sam, Sam Allardyce. And I always want to forget about Sam Allardyce ever being associated with Everton <laughs> football club. Um, and in between there, there's, you know, David Unsworth is a caretaker manager. And then you get Carlo Ancelotti comes in and you're like, oh my God, our club is back. We're going back to the top. And then he's like, psych, I'm going back to Real Madrid after a season. Um, and then we're just kind of left here with our jaw open and then Rafa Benitez comes in and he's had a good start, but like, it's been mostly rough, but there have been some just dynamite, dynamite games. Um, there's the 4-0 drubbing of Manchester city at home, which Mm -hmm. was amazing. Uh, there was a three to one or four to one victory against Chelsea at Goodison park where Stephen Naismith scored a natural hat trick, which was amazing. There was a 4-0 victory on Easter against Manchester United. Like, uh, I think it was two seasons ago. That was, that was awesome. And then this past season, I mean, we had, uh, we finally broke the, the streak of not beating Liverpool forever and won yeah. 2-0 at Anfield, which that, that was really special. Um, that, 20-something years, right, in the making for yeah, that? Yeah, it was like 20-something years. And, and, like, to be able to experience that, and I was just, I was just bummed out because there were no away supporters, and, and that would have been huge. That would have been yeah. so huge. Um, but there have, been some, there have been some really good times, too, you know. Um, made a FA Cup semifinal uh, against Manchester United. Could have won that match, lost late on. Um, they made a deep cup run into the Carabao cup. I think last year, I think they made it to the quarterfinals and lost. Um, but there, there have been some really, really fun times to go along with, you know, some of the, 
the dreary stuff, mm-hmm. like not having a manager for more than a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, touching upon the manager situation and stuff, um, obviously just you already cover, you know, losing Ancelotti and how, how that felt for you guys. Um, what's up, how, how did the fan base, especially like maybe like the Cincinnati Toffees, how did you guys react when Benitez came in and obviously being an excellent Liverpool manager, won a Champions League and an FA Cup with them? Uh, it was, it was kind of split. Um, I talked to a lot of the people from the Cincinnati's toffee supporters and, and they're pretty much behind the club. Like whatever, whatever Everton wants to do, we'll get behind the manager. He's our manager. It doesn't matter what he did in the past. Um, mm-hmm. I have a group text of people from Ohio that I'm in and that was more split. Um, we had a lot of people who was like, he's passed it. He hasn't done anything in a long time. We had a lot of people who were like, he's a top manager and he wants to be here. And I don't know if you guys saw any of this stuff that happened in Liverpool, but, you know, Everton supporters in Liverpool were for mostly unhappy about this hire. And there were banners being left outside of Goodison Park and, mm-hmm. and people didn't want him in there. Um, so it was a very divisive hire. Personally, I was, um, I was really on the fence about it because I'm like, he does have a pedigree of winning but he hasn't won in a long time. So I'm like, but at the same time, him getting all that stick and still wanting to come here and, and prove that he still has it and wants to win kind of won me over. And, and so far he's proved that he knows what, what this club is about and, and what these supporters want. That's, that's cool. Cause uh, as, as a Chelsea supporter, you know, when Jose Mourinho, even for all of the problems he gave my club um, when he went to Manchester United, it was also like a, a split feeling seam over there. So I, I definitely understand, you know, the feeling behind that, but that's great to hear you guys got behind him. I mean, he's done, he's done a pretty fantastic job since he got there. What are your, what are your thoughts on where you guys sit in the table right now and, and the performances you've seen? Um, so it's completely different from what we saw on Carlo Ancelotti, where um, there were some really excellent performances. We came out of the gate hot and won like the first seven matches on a bounce um, in all competitions, which was really cool. And James Rodriguez was playing like a man on fire. And, yeah. and you know, we got a uh, we got an Everton specific song to the number one uh, song on iTunes in the UK, which was hilarious. It was just a weird time. It was just a really weird time. Um, but that honeymoon, that honeymoon phase ended really quickly. Um, and it was a, just a, a kind of a slog after the you know, after Christmas was over, it was kind of downhill, but Rafa Benitez has kind of come in and this team looks way different. The fitness levels are through the roof, which is something Rafa Benitez is kind of known for. He's kind of been known as a, a manager who really wants to shift it up. Yeah. Yeah. He wants his, his one, he wants his players to have a high fitness level. Um, and he's come in and, and everyone, even players who, um, we might have wanted out this summer who didn't leave like Andre Gomez is one of those players and he's gotten a lot more out of Andre Gomez than Carlo Angelotti ever did, which has been nice. It's been refreshing. Um, obviously Dominic Calvert-Lewin had a hot start, three goals in all three matches that mm-hmm. he played in, but he was hurt. Um, they're, the, the style of play is a lot different. They're moving the ball a lot quicker than they were under Carlo Ancelotti. It's all about one touch passes and, and moving the ball out wide and getting crosses into the box. And it's just been really refreshing. And, and he, he's gotten attention to detail and he's coaching the entire match. And it's just, it's just fun. It's just nice to have a manager who obviously knows what Everton supporters want and he lives in the city. So he's, he's kind of a part of it. So 
uh, I've been really impressed. Um, there have been a couple of tactical mishaps, but usually he's, you know, flexible enough to change it when he sees that it's not working, which is awesome. Yeah, you really can't ask for much more out of a manager. I, we lived through Maurizio Sarri a couple of, a couple of seasons ago and just watched a 4-3-3 no matter what. His liver died. It, it was just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sarri ball. Yeah. Oh my God. It was cool. It was cool when it worked. When everyone figured it out, it's just like, all right, but uh, I don't know, maybe change it once. <laughs> you, you mentioned so a lot of the players that are performing well. I mean, looking at the transfer business you guys have done this year, I mean, you have to say it's been some of the best in the Premier League all year. I mean, you got Damari Gray for maybe what a, a million and a half, and he's been yep. fantastic. Andrews yep. Townsend was a free. Yep. You got Asmir Begovic on a free and Solomon Rondon. I mean, you guys, you guys, bang for talk about bang for your buck. It's been a lot of really good additions um, and players have been performing. Do you think you could have done anything else in the transfer window or you think they kind of got a spot on? Okay. So this was a really uh, a difficult transfer window because we had a sustainability uh, and issue. We, yeah. So financial fair play is, has been an issue because yeah. in the past Everton have really uh, misfired on a lot of their transfers, uh, especially since I've been here um, in the season before the, I believe it was the, um, 17, 18. No, it was the 16, 17 season. We sold. I will be. Lukaku. We sold Romelu Lukaku that summer and brought in mm. Davy Clausen. Uh, we bought Wayne Rooney back and we had Gilfie Sigerson come in for 45 million pounds. We bought three number tens. We bought Sandra Ramirez, who was a number nine who couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And that summer has really tanked Everton since i mean they have spent since then and but it's um financial fair play has hamstrung us this summer but the the business has been brilliant i mean my god we brought in three players and two of them have been essential to every single win we've had this season in andros townsend and damari gray damari gray my word he looks like I a mean, man possessed right now. I mean, now. good God, where did he come from? Like, he, I know he came from Byron Leverkusen, and he wasn't that great out there. He obviously struggled at Leicester City. He wasn't he wasn't mm-hmm. anything to write home about there. But I think I think he's kind of a case of he's like the reverse Adamola Lookman. So Adamola Lookman was a young player who Everton brought in uh, from uh, Sheffield United a couple years back, and he was like young man, twenty maybe. 21 years old and he had a hot start and he had all the skills it looked like, but he never really clicked on. We sold him off to, I don't remember where, and then he got loaned out and then purchased by Lester, the city. And now he kind of looks like he's maybe turned his career around a little bit. Um, and Damari Gray is kind of the same way. It's, it just, it's kind of interesting because we always expect young players to kick on right away and if they don't kick on right away then they're not any good and they need to be sold and they need to find their level um but i think that's not always the case sometimes it's they need to change the scenery sometimes they just need to season their game a little bit more sometimes it's coaching sometimes maybe they just need to find the right manager and the right system and i think i think that it, all of the the puzzle pieces kind of came together for damari gray he found a manager who wants his players to have a high work rate he found a fan base that really gets behind their players as long as they're giving 110% every single time they're on the pitch. And he's in a system where he's allowed to kind of roam where he's on the left most of the time, but he can cut inside and he can make deep runs into the box and, and kind of just play his game. So um, but that's been great. And Andros Townsend, I didn't, you know, nobody really expected much. So we expected him to kind of be depth 
and you know play mm-hmm. every once in a while but he's been outstanding you know his crosses have been great he scored probably the goal of the season already um, <laughs> yeah so it's just been it's nothing crazy and it, it couldn't be anything crazy until we got rid of James Rodriguez which we finally did at the end of the window um at the very end of the very window. end of the window <laughs> yeah as our window is closed a long time and, and then he goes to Qatar so yeah. uh it's been fun though I, I I'm really I'm really digging these guys and Asmir Begovic is a he's you know he's decent he had a really bad cup match but I got to see him play in Florida this summer during the preseason so um but I, I like everyone and I, I like the business that they did and I hope they can make a few more signings in January to just kind of build the depth up a little bit. Yeah. I was actually taking a look at the sign. Just I wanted to just do how much you guys lost and trimmed off on the wages. It was actually an incredible number. So you got rid of Walcott for, he was on the, on the books for about 80,000. James just now was 90. Uh, Bernardo was another 65,000 and Belasi was 70,000. I mean, Belasi was probably big, a big miss on you guys, about 30 million loaned him about every year, pretty much. And then sold them for, I think, I don't even know if it was for free or whatever it was. But you guys trimmed off a three hundred and five thousand, roughly, in just weekly wages, and over like so that's like fifteen million for the year. Like that's yeah. you really can't ask for much more when you, especially when you're tied, you're tied up a little bit financially, and then bringing in guys, maybe paying out not even close to half of that. So right there, right then and there, that's already a big bonus, especially going into January. You never know if you are able to get a couple more signings, depending on you know where you're at in the table. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, what else? Um, out of, out of curiosity, like, where do you see the club, I guess, kind of going in your eyes over the next, you know, two, three years or so? Um, so they've started building their new stadium at Bramley Moor Docks, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a huge, huge deal, not only for Everton Football Club, but for the city of Liverpool itself. It's going to bring in, you know, they're going to build up that area that has been desolate for many, many, many years and, and really needs a, a, a tune-up and and that stadium is going to bring a lot to the city of Liverpool um, and it's going to bring a lot to Everton Football Club that's going to be a state-of-the-art stadium it's going to be one of the best in the entire Premier League and will be for a really long time Um, the team-wise we're kind of um, we're kind of up in the air in terms of what the vision is it's it's a big discussion between Everton supporters on Twitter and in in my group text uh, of the Ohio Toffees. Um, we're always discussing like where where are we going to go? So uh, some people want to just cut our losses and and buy young, exciting players and try to go in that route. And some people want to do the mix of young players and and veteran players, which I, th- I think is is the right way to go. But um, we also need to sort out the academy, which has been a huge disappointment since our director of football, Marcel Brands, has come in. He was kind of well known for for building up academies and creating academy players and and moving them into the first team or selling them for for big money. Um, and that hasn't happened yet. And and so if we can get the youth system sorted out, where we can get U23 players out on loan faster and get them into the, get them a, a pathway into the first team if they're good enough. Um, that will help this side exponentially because we won't have to dip into the transfer window as much as we have been and going out and, and buying super expensive players on on high wages and, mm-hmm. and giving guys their last payday. So if we can get the the youth system sorted out, the next by the time they're in Bramley Moor Dock in in three seasons from now, this should be 
this should be a perennial, maybe top six side, close to that every single season. It's a bold statement. I like it. It, it is, but you know what? Tottenham Arsenal, that's for sure. <laughs> right now, yeah, I mean, right now, I would say that that Everton are on course to be a better team in Arsenal in three seasons. Yeah. Like, I understand that Arsenal have a lot of young players and they have a young core that's really talented, but if you don't have a manager or a vision to see those players into where they're going to go, if you're going to just trust Mikel Arteta as much as, you know, I like Mikel Arteta because he's a, he's an, he's kind of a cult Everton legend, you know? Um, but like, it, it seems like Everton, if they can get their shit together, can go places, especially in that new stadium. So I'm excited. Yeah. That actually leads me into what I was going to ask you next. Um, this, this season for me, watching the league, um, it has a very similar feel for how Everton performed at the beginning of last year where they were flying high. They were top of the league for a little while, if I remember correctly, um, until injuries and, and things like that started to take hold. Where do you, where do you see Everton finishing or, or maybe ending up this, this season? Because, I mean, as nice as it is to, you know, hope for a top six position within the next three years, I guess the future really starts now, you know? Uh, this season is uh, – I'll be okay with, like, ninth. I want them to finish in the top half. Obviously they finished even on points with, I think um, eighth place last year. They just lost out on goal differential, uh, but they had 59 points and 59 points literally never turns. It never finishes in 12th place. So <laughs> a bit unlucky last year, this year, I'm expecting a little bit less than that. The home form is going to kick up way higher than it did last year where they only won like four games at home all season last season under Carlo. Um, and that has already proven to be one of Everton's strong suits this season where they've won all three games at home and they've won pretty comfortably this season. I'm expecting ninth, 10th on the high end. I would expect no, I mean, I, we're not going to get any higher than seventh. Like, the, the drop-off will come when we play teams like Manchester. We play Manchester United this weekend, so we'll see. I think that's going to be a good test of where are we. Are we good enough to kind of compete? And it's on the road, too, so it's away from home. So are we going to enough to compete for a higher top table finish? Not, you know, top six or anything like that, but uh, or are we just going to kind of dabble at, you know, eight to ten area? I'm, I'm hoping and praying that we get like nine. That'd be great. It's definitely a good time to be playing United right now. They seem to be having yeah. their own issues. So that's the best of luck. That's going to be a good game. I can't wait to watch that. Unfortunately, it's 430 in the end, my time. So <laughs> I'm going to have to figure that one out somehow. <laughs> yeah, just stay up the night before. Just I usually try. That's what I had to do that for Chelsea City last week. And I was like, my, my alarm went off at 430. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> He's probably still drunk, honestly. I, oh, yeah. I, I was the only way. The only way. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough. What time zone is uh, Ohio? You guys, uh, you we're Eastern. Are. Yeah, we're are Eastern. Yeah, uh huh. Where we are, we're we're over. So, I live in Cincinnati, which is southwest corner of Ohio. I went down to Bowling Green, Kentucky, which is like southwest portions of south central portions of Kentucky, and that's Central time zone. So it's it's like right. It's like right on the border, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. What, um, where do you guys, um, do you have like a spot where everyone meets up from the, uh, Ohio or Cincy Toffees? Do you have like a bar that you guys go to? So we do in Cincinnati. We're really, really lucky. Um, in Cincinnati, we have uh, a bar and we have, we basically have our, our own bartender every weekend. So 
Uh, we go to Dana Gardens. It is right near, it's like right down the road from the campus of Xavier University. Um, and our bartender Pierce opens up pretty much every weekend. If it's not Pierce, somebody else usually kicks in and, and helps us out. Um, and there's a good solid eight to 10 of us who are core members who are pretty much there every single weekend. And then there's, you know, everyone else who can get there whenever they can, uh, due to, you know, you know, they got family, they got work, they got all this Mm -hmm. other stuff going on, but like, Mm -hmm. we got a good group and, um, we have, we've gotten really close and, um, I really enjoy hanging out with everyone who goes to the bar. I like, I like meeting new people every time there's a new person who comes in. Um, there are sometimes, enemy fans there like when we lost when we when we lost a villa there was a villa supporter there and that was that was pretty rough which was weird we've never had a villa supporter there and of course like the one time there is we get smoked three nil Um, yeah so that was that was rough uh but yeah every weekend dana gardens and except this weekend we are going to give our bartender a weekend off because it's a 7 30 kickoff and i think he's got to work on friday night so we're just gonna we're just going to stay at home and, and, and brew our own coffee and pour our own <laughs> beers. Not like an 8 a.m. Nice, beer nice. for a game. Yes, that's right. Always a Guinness. Always. Always a Guinness. That, that, yep. That's all I drink when I go out here <laughs> to the bar. So, you, right. oh my God. We, we spoke a lot about, you know, how well Everton are doing and, and, you know, how a lot of players are really performing and, and showing in the results and showing where you guys are sitting at the tables. What do you think still needs to be improved on? What, where can the little tweaks come from right now? Um, tactically they're doing okay. Uh, but sometimes there's been a more than a few times where Rafa just doesn't get the formation, right. Doesn't get the players right, uh, from the kickoff. And it's, it's just kind of, they get off to a slow start and that hasn't haunted them yet really. Um, but when you go up against higher powered teams and you can't get your, get your system going until 25 minutes in the match, you're always going to be down a goal and that's no good for anybody. So I'd say the, the, the main thing has been, he's gotten it wrong a couple of times, a handful of times. Um, and we're getting off to slower starts. We're not really hitting the, hitting the ground running against, you know, against all these teams and uh, especially against a team like Norwich, I would have expected us to put on, put it on them pretty early and and they dominated the game throughout the match. And it was, it was a pretty easy win, but they didn't really kick on right away. So um, need to get out to a faster start and and really need to focus and and get that formation right the first time. Yeah. Well, like you said, at least it's good. He's making the adjustments mid game. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of where it counts, right? Absolutely. What um, how did is there any information or news that kind of how the players are reacting to Rafa? Because I know he typically has a much more stern demeanor. I know like Gerardo said he was one of the hardest guys to play for because they felt like he never pleased them. Um, is there anything about that? Like with the with the players, it is really interesting to see how they react to Rafa Benitez. A lot of them are singing his praises. Where um, Andros Townsend has obviously worked with him before, and he's he's loving being back under him. Mm-hmm. Um, Damari Gray has sung his praises that you know, he's really pushing him to be the best player that he can, he can be. And I, I don't think, I don't really think Damari Gray has had that anywhere where he's been pushed as, Hey, I expect something from you go out and show me you can do it. And he's doing it, you know? And um, I think, I think all the players have reacted well. Ab- Abdullah Decore has 
benefited greatly from Rafa Benitez. He is on fire yeah. and, and he looks, he looks amazing. Alan who came for Carlo Ancelotti um, decided to stick around and, and he looks like he's, he's off to an amazing start. I just think everyone has reacted really well so far. I, I'm really interested to see how it goes for the entire season. Um, if those players can keep that intensity and, and keep that going uh, throughout the season. Uh, but right now, everyone seems to have bought in 100% to whatever Rafa Benitez is, is preaching. Yeah, yeah Corey is, is like a man possessed out there right now. I, I remember watching that. Um, who did you play? You won, you won four or one, I believe. You it was, had like it was a three, one. Yeah, three, yeah, one. three, three, three. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Burnley. Was Burnley, it Burnley? Burnley. It was three yeah. nil. Yeah, three nil victory against Burnley. I want to say Ducori had two of those assists as well there. And that yeah, game. yeah, he was just. Um, I was watching him run around. I was like, "Oh my god, this guy is everywhere right now." Yeah, yeah he's crazy. Yeah, I thought Rafa said he wanted like five, five or more goals out of him throughout the entire year too. I'm pretty sure he came out. He's producing early. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the early returns are now. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get ahead of the uh, ahead of it too. Yep. What um, out of curiosity, Jake, what else do you got to kind of add to uh, Everton before we wrap up here? Um. So. They're going to get into a tougher stretch here. Um, they're going to be hopefully getting Richarlison back this weekend. He's been training, mm-hmm. and it looks like he might be back from Manchester United, which would be a huge boost. Um, they play Manchester United, and then they play West Ham right after the break. So a couple of tough matches here. I really want to see how they're going to do against these these high-powered teams like Manchester United and and even West Ham. West Ham have the fourth most shots on target in the entire Premier League this season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mikel Antonio's a, a big problem. Saeed Benrahma has has really kicked on, and and you know, uh, Suchek is he's a great. Um, but I, I just really want to see how they're going to do against these these better teams and and see if they can keep up. You know, if I just I just want to see what the measuring stick is right now because it's been a great start and there have been you know there was a, a bad loss to QPR in the cup match but that was the B team the most B team that we could have possibly put out there and you know and they didn't play they played pretty horrible but you know um, they I haven't been I haven't seen Everton really make hardly any deep cup runs since I've been a supporter. So it was really nothing new for me, but I just want to see them. I want to see them show this same fight against Manchester United this weekend. Really. Ben Rama as a break. We had our, our show and every week he scores and gets an assist. He was my breakout player of the year for the campaign. And I love, <laughs> I love rubbing in both these guys face every single time. He got so lucky thank you. Once. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. We saw that one coming. <laughs> so thank you. Oh, All right. Man. Thanks, Jake. Uh, and for anyone listening, you can check out the descriptions if you want to learn a little bit more about the Cincinnati Toffees and check out their social media handles. Um, it sounds like it sounds like a fantastic place to be. If I'm ever in uh, Cincinnati, I'll be sure to, to stop by, catch a game, catch a Guinness too while I'm at it. That's right. <laughs> Where else yeah, can they find uh, more about you, Jake? Uh, real quick before I plug myself, um, seriously, if you guys are a, an away supporter and if you're ever passing through Cincinnati on a match day and your club is playing, pop in, like we'll, we'll be friendly, especially me, you know, I'll, I'll buy you a drink. We'll, uh, we'll have a breakfast sandwich and I'll, uh, shove it in your face when everything <laughs> beats your team. I'm sold. I will definitely be there. 
Um, so I am on uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter. I never remember what my Twitter handle is. My Instagram <laughs> hand, my my Instagram handle is really easy. I got really lucky. It's just Jake Holton, like J A K E Holton H O L T O N, and that's it. You can find me on Instagram super easily. Uh, Twitter handle is uh, Jake Holton twelve J A K E H O L T O L H O L T O N twelve. Too much talking. <laughs> well, if, if they don't, if they're not able to remember that, it's going to be in the description and in the comments and everything. So they'll just have to click on it and they'll, we'll have you all linked up there. Excellent. Be sure to check out Jake. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else to add, boys? No, it's fantastic. No, cool. let's just get three points this weekend and get the, <laughs> let's just get the international break on and get Dominic Calvert Lewin back after the international break. I'm firing again. Do you oh, follow the uh, US team a lot or no? The U.S. National, the men's national team? Yeah. Uh, yeah, every once in a while. I wanted to go. So they're playing Mexico in Cincinnati in the November. The prices are ridiculous. They're, they're astronomical. astronomical. I got so mad when I saw the prices. I'm like, I actually wanted to go to this game, and I can't because yeah. I'd have to sell a kidney, and I don't want <laughs> to sell a kidney. So. <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. But yeah, now that now that the the talent is getting back in there, I'm I'm kind of keeping an eye on World Cup qualifiers. I am slightly worried at their chances of qualifying. To be honest with you, from what I saw from those first three matches, I wasn't super impressed. So mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna have to be better the second time around, and they're playing some weaker opponents in this second round of qualifying matches. So hopefully they can kick on. Yeah, I think we're all a little bit. Uh... A little thrown off by that first win. We were all kind of hoping for at least seven, seven points minimum, only to have five. And just the performances were lackluster in the first two games. So, uh, yeah. granted, the last one was a great comeback. And, you know, kind of hopefully maybe that spurs everything. But then you throw in the injury concerns that we have. I know Reina is uh, almost not yeah. as well, or isn't supposed to be. So, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But, yeah, that'll do it for uh, this episode of the Sun League Screamers podcast and the Hooligan Half Hour take a moment to check out the description for our links and social media platforms and give us a follow check out jacob the cincinnati toffees as well i'm your host steve with Vito and jacob we're signing off thanks jacob appreciate your time today yeah thanks guys